Good morning and welcome to the midweek edition of the Wokecast. No G today, but I'm joined by my able musketeers, the three musketeers this week, collectively. It's Chisanga Malata. What's good, people? And Kairos Bodley. Hello. Boom, in the building. How are you doing, gents? How's the, uh, how's, uh, well, how are things with you both? Uh, I'm good, man. This is, uh... The last week of my furlough, thank God, I'm going back to work next week because my brain has been turned into mush, basically. But yeah, I'm, I'm all good. No complaints. The weather is still nice here in the UK, even though it's only going to last another couple of weeks. But I'm blessed. Yeah. How about yourself, Kairos? I'm doing well. You know, everything's coming into place. I cannot complain. Well, we are without G this week and we're going to wish her a speedy recovery. I know that she's going to be listening to this. We're going to miss you. And, um, you know, she's picked a real inopportune time. I'm going to be really selfish here. A real inopportune time to actually uh, fall sick because my opening gambit, my, my talking point this week is the fact that Jamal Hill, Tim Elliott and Louise Pena failed in competition drug tests. And... Um, Basically, this is in relation to their last fights, all three for cannabis. Now, the thing is this, considering, I get it, it's prohibited in competition by the Mm -hmm. Nevada State Athletic Commission. And um, I get it that um, the rules are the rules, but over 21s can actually buy weed in Nevada. It's legal (laughs) in Vegas. Uh, Yeah. Now, when you also think about this, you're looking at a suspension, you're looking at fines, and they're also going to be facing discipline by USADA. Am I over-egging this, being too harsh? As a non-smoker, sorry, folks uh, listening, sorry, I can't actually perform to the stereotype. As a (laughs) non-smoker, am I missing something in 2020 that athletes are basically getting pulled up for weed? It's crazy that... If yet again, another another pair of athletes are being sanctioned just for smoking the sweet herb that comes from Mother Earth. Not that I partake <laughs> in it, or I have partaken it in in the past. Oh, this will probably come back to bite me in the ass. But yes, I have. <laughs> don't don't beat me, mom, when you next hear this or next see me. But yeah, it just it, the mind boggles because no doubt just a few miles away in fact i know for a few miles away from the ufc apex there are there's places where you can just walk into and buy marijuana and just in in bulk it just it's crazy that like as you said that in 2020 the well that marijuana is well one on the ban list and two the the in well independent drugs uh, associations they that they deem it to be a performance enhancing drug now anybody who smoked marijuana I think they will, I think they'll attest to this fact that you well unless you're Nick Diaz let me preface I should have I should have said this unless you're Nick Diaz you can't fight 
at a high level in a cage match whilst under the influence of uh, marijuana whilst you're high. It just it baffles me that fighters are getting suspensions for, for this. I think uh, Tim Elliott is up for nine months now or, or, or something like that. I, or, something I, ridiculous. Yeah, something ridiculous. And over, over something that's not performance enhancing that and I think in his is he released a, a pretty heartfelt statement. I think it was last night or the or the night before. And he was raising the point that, look, I can't work now and provide for my family for the next nine months during the, mm. during the height of the pandemic when you need to be, well, when you need constant income coming in. And I think that just highlights how stupid it is that, that, well, that, that they suspend people for marijuana. I think that they just need to, raise the the threshold levels i think they did that not too long ago maybe maybe i'm wrong in saying that but i think they need to raise the threshold levels like and and just be more realistic and be more understanding of the fact that these guys aren't going to be taking or they won't be taking marijuana the the night of the fight or what what have you i I don't know but fighters shouldn't be receiving suspensions or fines or any other form of sanction for smoking marijuana so, again, feel free to chime in here, um, Kairos, but, and, and I, I'm not saying this to be smart, but I just don't get it. If, as you're saying, um, Chisanga, that smoking marijuana doesn't actually have any performance enhancement for your actual in-cage action, why would it be prohibited? Yeah, I, well, I, 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 I don't know. You, you, you're going to have to ask... Uh... To to quote the one and only Brendan Show, you're going to have to ask the Golden Snitch, Jeff Nowitzki, like, <laughs> yeah. for that. No, that in fact, that's if if I do get an interview opportunity or, or whatever, that's a, a question that I'd lo- I'd love to ask him. That why do you sort of deem the use of well marijuana to be uh, performance and enhancement? I I don't know. Maybe they think that fighters are a bit more relaxed and they're carefree and uh, I, I don't know and th- maybe they'd have more confidence to to do things that they wouldn't do but i mean when when you're looking down the the list of performance enhancing drugs and i'd uh, i'd put steroids on on top of it anabolic steroids and then you'd have SARMs, so the sub uh, so like osterine and gh whatever you know those things that i think i should I think Sean O'Malley tested positive for GH something or no, he tested positive for Osterine. And then I, I don't know the chemical compound names or whatever, but then I'd have SARM second. And then I'd have maybe like, I don't know, like a pre-workout, you know, like pre-workouts people take before the gym or what have you. I'd yeah. have that on a third tier. I'd, and I'd have marijuana at the bottom of the, of the list. If, wow. if I, Yeah, I really would do. So that there is no performance enhancement in that so much so again i'm gonna ask a dumb question it doesn't actually enhance your perception or your spatial awareness nothing oh well it depends on what you what you're, what you're talking about though like i mean marijuana it can open some gateways mike mentally if you're having some deep conversations but i don't know i don't know how that relates to uh, how, that, how that crosses over to to performance like i've it's it's been a long long time since i since i part partook in that and i probably shouldn't be saying that considering this airs in the uk the feds will come up and turn up at my door <laughs> kick, 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 <laughs> under, me, under me down but uh yeah again i just i it, it the mind boggles when you see fighters getting sanctioned for for marijuana you, it, it really does 
Takaris, are rules rules? Or am I being overly liberal here? Because I could say, as a non-smoker, um, it just strikes me as a, a little bit odd to be going overboard considering that it is legal in Vegas. I mean, to be real with you, I'm not a huge smoker either. I don't smoke. I'm no dragon by any means necessary. But like, this is the most archaic bullshit ever. Like, you guys really, <laughs> you're really going to find people and take away people's livelihood for some weed. And yeah, sure, other organizations and leagues just clamp down on people doing marijuana. And I'm not going to sit here and say that people don't perform well while they're, while they're like high, because there's a lot of football players who when they got on the field i played with them i there's people like who perform very well high so i don't know if there's an actual advantage to it but i see people perform Uh, high and they do pretty well you know but i don't it's not that serious though like percy harvin josh gordon um a few other people like they they play high they talked about playing high and they have monster games every time they touch the field but i don't think it's as serious as they're trying to make it sound to be honest with you like it might just be that they're just that good like even so to the point where they're high and they can still perform but i just think this is one of those cases whereby the times just haven't caught up with people's actual perception of stuff they say in the united states it takes about a decade for people's actual perceptions to be represented in the law maybe this is just the case for that but this is stupid like jessica i had a win revoked a few years back because she tested positive for weed which is the dumbest thing i've ever heard you have the diaz brothers doing the same thing getting suspensions for that too so it's just it's the dumbest thing ever and i think usada once again is just proving that they are doing more of a detriment to the sport than a lot of people think of them being a sport. Sure, great, yes, a lot of cheaters aren't able to perform and like do their thing now in the darkness as much. Or at the same time, you just made them a lot better and now that it's even harder to catch the real cheaters. I don't know what the case is, but just get rid of the fucking weed suspensions, guys. Come on, like, grow the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, come on. Like, I mean, Nevada, well, it seems that, just, well, even now in this day when you can go to any designated shop and buy marijuana it seems that they still have a a hard-on for athletes taking marijuana and testing positive for it like i mean we all remember that ridiculous ban that they gave nick diaz remember five five years remember they gave him five year suspension for like that that was criminal basically because it essentially unbelievable yeah well it's almost criminal because it essentially took away nick's ability to make money it really did and in the long run I, I mean, look at the effect that it's had on Nick Diaz, like the the down to, the down spiral that he's had since then. And like, well, I, I, I don't want to say that the Nevada State Athletic Commission's ban, I know it got overturned to 18 months, but uh, I don't want to say that that had a huge and it was the major cause of Nick Diaz's downturn, but it probably had an effect because if he's going out there, he's thinking, oh, well, I'm banned for X amount of time. I'm just going to be enjoying myself or what have you. And then thinking that for so long, that has an effect on your psyche. And then it leads you to do other things that aren't uh, what's the word I'm looking for that a cage fighter shouldn't be doing. So, yeah, I've. Screw the Nevada Athletic Commission's stance on marijuana. And to be fair, it was a lot worse. I remember when Pat Lundvall was still like on the Nevada Athletic Commission. Bro, she was killing people. She was ruthless. (laughs) So to be fair, they're getting better at it. But here's another thing that I don't understand. When they're drug testing, when they're like checking for like cannabinoids or whatever it's called, is it just urine Mm. or are they also doing blood tests for this? I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. 
Well, because you, if they're just well, doing urine tests, how are y'all still getting caught? Y'all are almost 30 years old. <laughs> testing I know 18 year olds who were taking drug tests in different situations, you know, in athletics and college. I'm not trying yeah. to snitch or anything, but I just know people in athletics and high school, college, professional who haven't gotten caught for weed in decades. Get something to clean out your system. Come on. Yeah. Oh, you can buy it on eBay. Remember, do you not remember? I think Nick Diaz, he said something like. Uh, I think this was back in 2009, so this was a lo- lo- 12 years ago. You said that I can pass a drug test in eight days with horrible cleansers. I drink 10 pounds of water and sweat out 10 pounds of water every day. I'll be fine. So they're faster now. <laughs> There's stuff that you can do within an hour, within five hours, wow. within like that's what? what I'm saying. Like I listen, I <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> that's why I'm saying like, how are y'all getting? If the, if it's just urine tests, how are y'all getting caught? Blood tests? I don't know how it works for that. Because we, we don't do yeah. blood tests for athletics and college and that stuff. So I can't speak for that. But if it's urine tests and y'all are failing this, get your shit together. All right. Come on. <laughs> Speaking of getting your shit together, I guess it's you up next, Kairos. All right, fellas. Here's my question for you. Okay. I love this fight so much. I, I, I want to see this fight more than I want to see Habib versus Tony. I'm going to be real with you because Ooh. I love... I love Yair Rodriguez, and I love watching Zabit fight. I know people always want to talk about, he's a two-round fighter. He's boring. I don't believe any of that. I just think he goes a little overboard. But here's my question for you right now. Do you think there's any sort of possibility that Yair Rodriguez just refuses to take this fight or even push through injuries or do anything of the sort, all for the fact that Dana White has been forcing him to take this fight for the past five years? It does seem like he's a on principle guy. The, the 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 whole thing about this which bothers me is I, I think it was um when is it the last time that they were supposed to have uh, fought? It was again, it was almost it seems like put it this way, look, it just seems like every single time that they are matched to fight it's under some kind of duress. That's the way it feels, that's yeah. the vibe yeah. I'm getting. And it's almost as though Rodriguez is making a statement by saying, you know what, fuck you. No, I'm going to agree to it, but, you know, fuck you. I'm, I'm not taking this fight. And it would be oh, different if, if, all right, can yeah, Zabit pulled out one time, or okay, Zabit couldn't do it. All three times this fight has not happened, it's because Yahir was just like, fuck it, I'm not doing this. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the vibe I'm getting. It really is. <laughs> Yeah, th- yeah, that is a vibe that I'm getting, and like as as you said, Kairos. Well, I don't quite rank it. On, I put it on par with uh, Habib and Tony, but Yair against the beat is one of those fights which is legit ninja versus ninja shit that we really want to see, and you just know that the fight would be absolute carnage. But as as you said, there, like it's it's not as if they're uh, exchanging pullouts. It's just the pullouts mm-hmm. have all come from Yair, so that that raises question marks. Do you, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, I I don't want to ever doubt a fighter's uh, fighter's claim when they say that oh I'm injured and I, I I can't compete, but because obviously there are lots of times when that happens. But the circumstances in in, in which this has happened as well, like I mean, it's it's questionable. And I don't know if you saw uh, Zabit's tweet. Uh, Zabit, aka Ali Abdelaziz's tweet. <laughs> <laughs> was it about signing? Yeah, or he not said, signing. He said it was. 
it's funny I signed about agreement a few weeks ago. Yair never did. The UFC never officially announced the main event. Two options. Number one, the UFC are playing games. Number two, Yair had no has no balls with three <laughs> contemplating emojis. Yeah, I look at this highest level, I I I'd probably say if it was to if I was to do a percentage of fighters who were scared of fighting other fighters, I'd probably say it's low. I'd say it's probably ten percent. I don't think when Very you get to, yeah. I don't think when you get to this elite level when fighters have had as many fights as they've had to get to the uh to get to the pinnacle of the sport that they're afraid of trading balls with another man, unless you're fighting Francis and Ghana. If you know what I mean, or something, or something like that. <clears throat> so I don't know if I necessarily agree with the notion that Yair is uh, is afraid of of Zabit. Like, in fact, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I do agree with that whatsoever. But it's just not a good look that yet again, once once this fight has happened, that he's he's pulled out. And for for his sake, I I hope it is tr- truly uh, an an ankle injury that. It sounds weird, me wishing that somebody is yeah. actually injured or what have you, but <laughs> because I mean, if it if it transpires that's not the case or what have you, man, people are just gonna go in, go in at him. Yeah, and to be fair, like I definitely not. I don't think Yair's afraid. I don't think Habib's afraid of other people. I just think that at the end of the day. People want to play chess with careers. That's perfectly fine. We can play chess yeah. all day. It happens. People do it. I just, I just don't understand how hard it is for people to grasp the concept that it's the fight game. People fight injured all the time. Henry Cejudo could barely walk when he fought Marlon. He could barely yeah. walk. Like so, it's not it's not a strange for someone to fight injured. There's people who go into fights with torn ACL. You had Kevin Lee fighting on a torn ACL for like a year or two. Like so, it can be done. These people have done this before. So as far as people saying, Kairos, he fractured his ankle. His knees are weak. His arms are heavy. He can't. Keep, like I'm like, okay, well I understand. Everybody's different, but let's not act like Dana did not cut this man from the UFC for five years ago or three years ago for not fighting this man let's not act like yeah, he signed again to fight him savage. yes the, yes it was, exactly yeah, it, was, it, was, it was savage like and uh, i don't know man like could history repeat itself i like <laughs> forget like because like, wait yeah so wait i think it was two years ago that he cut him yeah it was two years ago that he cut him so that was okay yeah so that was yeah 2018 so who would he so I think it was I think it was the summer. It was I was I I remember it being the summertime when he uh, when when he got cut, and I think that was after the Frankie Edgar loss. I'm not too sure. It, it would it definitely would have been after the Frankie Edgar loss, and yeah, because it was definitely before he fought Chan Sung Jung. But the circumstances in which that happened, like I remember, and quite rightfully so, it was the. It was one of the big stories in MMA for that yeah. week or the, the, those two weeks because just because somebody said no, they're not going to take a fight that you just you just cut him. It was just <laughs> I, I I don't know. Like I think maybe Yair said no to Dana on the wrong day. Dana had had a bad day in the office or whatever. Dana flip flew off the handle, and there's been multiple instances where I think Dana is is uh, perhaps. Uh, I, I, I want to say perhaps he's he said something or he's made a decision uh, whilst he's not, uh, not, not I don't want to say not uh, sound of mind but whilst his, his judgment is a bit clouded or he might be a bit hot-headed and we know this is, this man's a prideful man and he'll just double down yeah. on it he, he won't quite double down on it like 
uh, Donald Trump with Ghislaine Maxwell wishing her well kind of double down. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll, he'll, he'll double down just to save face. So, oh, man. Yair, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you, man. I, I hope I hope that Dana doesn't uh, doesn't cut you for this. But and who do you think they're going to put uh, Zabit up against now? Because people were asking for Cater, and I'm not a fan of that. Uh, but then again, though, like t- towards the end of that, uh, the sec- well, the the second half of the fight, really, like Cater really came into his own. Then yeah. if 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 it was a five round fight, it would be. F- well, that was a, that was a question. That was the, the the burning question after the fight. People were asking what would have happened if that was two more rounds. Because I remember there was a different main event, and then that got bumped up to the main event. But because of the short notice, they uh, they said, "Oh, we're just going to stick to three Because obviously they trained for three, kind of like the Shabazian and uh, Derek Brunson over the weekend. But that's yeah. I look, I, I understand why Cater's stepping up to the plate, but. At the same time, does does a win over Zabit get him really into the title mix? I I I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, don't who think else? So. Could, yeah, and, who else I, could? Uh, who, who else could he fight? I'm or well, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I do like the Cater fight. I'm sorry. Oh no! Don't get me wrong. Like I've, I I I love the fight. Like I yeah. mean, we we saw it. Well, we saw it. I, I think it was November. Yeah, it was in November because that was the same night that. Danny Roberts spun a Russian's man's jaw and it's still spinning in Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> still spinning. Like, he sent that Zalim Imadayev. That guy spun round when he, when he connected. Yeah, anyway, yeah, I'm, sent, I'm, him, I'm, sent him to the sunken place. Yeah, he's, he's still there, man. <laughs> I'm just hating but, on it because uh, I think Cater's hurt. I, like, he blew up his nose against Jeremy and then he fought he again. Needs to, yeah. I think yeah, he we needs to about out. We talked about this not too long ago. We said that that man needs to take some time off. He needs he needs for his nose to heal. And look, I, I get it. You you want to you want to capitalize on the good momentum that you have. You've just beaten uh, Jeremy Stevens, and then you just beaten Dan Ige, like two two big names and two. Well, Jeremy's not in form, but Dan Ige was in uh, in form fighter going into that fight, and I think he just wants to strike while the iron is hot. But at the same time. That mindset and with the injury that he has as well, it's it's not a minor injury. It's not like, as you say, like a like a sprained ankle or, uh, or or another kind of minor injury. It's a broken nose. I mean, yeah, uh, if Zabit just lands a, yep. a clean a clean shot early doors, man, that could change the fight just completely, and you could just be in completely in survival mode from get from the get go. So, I mean, if I'm him. I try wait. I try wait and jump on the the October card, the October uh, two five two five four card. Like I know that ideally you really need like a a year to to heal your nose because look at Rory McDonald. Like I think he um, well yeah. he did have to take a year out because I remember he even in training like I think he had to stop sparring for a long time because he had the the nose work done and then he blew out his nose again. So you got to take time off. And funny story, actually, yeah. So it was a few years ago. It must have just been after um, after Bellator signed Roy McDonald. Bellator organized uh, kind of like a, a training day for me to do. So I got to hit some mitts with Bobby Lashley and do some stuff with Roy McDonald. And Roy McDonald was showing me like uh, body kicks and, and what have you. And well, I kid you not, like he kicked me maybe 25% or maybe even less than that in the in the in the ribs and i was like oh my god i was like fucking hell this, this is sore this is sore and uh 
many, many, many moons ago, I did Taekwondo. So I still have some decent legs, leg dexterity. So I thought, okay, let, let me show this guy that I can get my foot up to, up to his face or what have you. Like, let, let me show him I'm not a bitch or what have you. And I kid you not, I kid you not. This, this is when he was still on the sidelines, like recovering from his broken nose. My foot was only like a matter of like inches away from hitting him in the nose. And the Bellator PR just looked at me. He was like, oh, my God. I nearly had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh my you almost michael jackson the man chill out yeah <laughs> that was me and i should have uh, said that he, he, yeah <laughs> he was he was cool about it though Rory. He, he was like i i could i can gauge distance and he was like if if it was close you wouldn't know about it so aka if it was close i would have killed you yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're up next chisanga <clears throat> okay right so the UFC bowl is well and truly rolling, and it seems that all their pay-per-views for the next few months are, are set. So, f- obviously, we got next weekend, we got Stipe in DC, too. Just putting it out there and picking DC to get it done. Just putting it out there before before we do our picks. And then, obviously, 253, we got Adesanya and Costa. And then 254, we got Habib Nurmagomedov against Justin Gaethje, although I wish, as much as I love Justin Gaethje, I wish we were saying Tony Ferguson. Now, I bring up the point of the UFC's pay-per-views being being booked pretty much until, well, in, until the winter, because a certain Mr. Conor McGregor is on the sidelines, and I'm not too sure if you guys, well, you, you must have been sat under a rock if you, if you don't know that Dana White said that Conor McGregor is not going to be fighting anytime soon or he's not going to fight again this year mm. now initially when he said that i just thought okay then connor's going to fight by the end of the year because when it comes to connor stuff and when it indeed comes to big name fighters and dana white says oh this is definitely not happening the well <laughs> it's, <laughs> happening. <laughs> it's happening <laughs> yeah but the the conviction and and uh, well in conjunction with the, the calendar being full and the conviction in Dana White's voice when he said that, look, Connor's not going to fight. And he was getting actually quite angry and animated. The, probably the most I've seen him get animated when somebody asked him about Connor's future. That mm. leads me to believe that he's actually being serious and that I don't think we are going to see Connor fight. So my question is to you, to you guys is that do, do the UFC, are we at a point now that the UFC don't need Connor to fight and it's just a. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's just an added bonus when he fights. Because also, let me let me preface this. Obviously, Conor fought in uh, he fought in January. Of course, I, of course, I was there. I should remember. So they've already secured that bank and secured the gate sales and tick and uh, and other revenue generated. And I think Dana White said that Conor McGregor fight generates like an eighteen million dollar gate and then like a couple million in other other sales. So they've already got that money in the bank. So do they need him to fight this year? I'd say yeah, but they shouldn't have them fight this year because you just said they need like the gate's important. I I don't care what anybody says. I think the gate's important, and I feel like having Connor fight during this time is a waste. Having major stars fight and stacking these cards up from top to bottom, I think is a waste. But yeah, you could cash in on pay per view money. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I think a lot of the problem with the pay-per-view is you deter a lot of people from purchasing it because of the price alone. There's people paying 60 bucks in the U- U.S. I think y'all pay like $900 over in the U.K. So it's just like lower the pay-per-view price or you got to figure out a solution. Because if you keep trying to sell us this streaming service and all these pay-per-view stuff and 
um, thinking that it's going to get digested and people are going to receive it well, you are sorely mistaken, sir, because everybody's mm-hmm. going to illegally download that or stream it. I'm sorry. Mike, what's your, what's your thoughts on this? I think 100% Dana is telling the truth this time. We don't see Connor fight until 2021 for two reasons. One, in order to actually maximize their profits, they need that gate. And Connor mm-hmm. does actually bring the boys to the yard. He puts the bums on the seats. And you've actually answered it yourself in terms of ratio. The pay-per-view is outweighed by the gate every single time that Connor shows his face. There's that. But mm-hmm. I suppose the second thing is this. I'm not sure if you've seen recent pictures of Connor. He does not look like a man who is fighting fit, ready Bruh. to get back in there. It doesn't look as though he's coming back anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I think, you know, I, I, I should actually be, be kinder, considering mm. I'm actually sitting here with my furlough fat. But, you know, nah, talk he your doesn't shit, look like... He, he doesn't. He doesn't look like a man who is motivated. He doesn't look like a man who is um, going to come back anytime soon. And come back for what? We all know that he wants Khabib. So obviously yeah. he's not fighting before October. Now, when you look all things considered, the gate, the fact that he's a motivated fighter when he has somebody who he's coming back for, that all points to 2021 return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also. Like people forget that we, we in the UFC world and MMA, we went two years without Conor McGregor, and the UFC steam steam train just kept on rolling. They like they those years were profitable, and I think, well, I kind of think the saving grace for them for uh, the UFC in 2017 in particular was when uh, George Saint Pierre came back and fought Michael Bisping because that mm. proved to be a bigger pay per view than than expected. But even still, like prior to that, Daniel was saying that, oh, yeah, we're still on course to have a successful year and, and, and what have you. So, I mean, the, who who comes to the table first? Who comes a knock in for like, is, is it Connor? Is it the, the UFC? Like I, for me, I think I think Connor might be kind of backed up into a corner now because obviously, really? as you said, yeah, I, I, well, I, kind, I kind of think that because obviously, let's face it, obviously the Khabib fight isn't isn't going to happen. I mean, yeah, I think I think he is. He's kind of backed into a corner. Like he obviously ha- he has options, but I don't think the UFC are going to be itching and calling it, calling him and sending him messages. No, you're not. You're to say, oh, when do you want to come back? When when do you, when do you want to fight? Mm. I think I think he kind of has to. Well, I don't I don't want to say swallow his pride or whatever, but if he really wants to fight, he has to just make the first move. He has to reach out and just say, okay, let's do this. And in particular as well, because I, I say that he has his back uh, up against the wall. In particular, well, prior to this, well, he made the statement before people even knew about what COVID-19 and where Wuhan was. He said that he wanted this to be a season. He said that he wanted to get back to his old, uh, his old self. And even, I think he told Ariel Hawani, I think maybe a couple months ago, or maybe it was in June or whatever. He was like, yeah, I'll still fight. I'll still try to fight two or three times this year. But... Mm. As you as you said, Mike, his uh, his behavior at the well, not behavior. I, I, I don't want to begrudge a man for going on holiday and putting on a bit of weight <laughs> or what have you. So, I, my apologies for that use of word. But 
as you say, he's he's not acting like a a, a hungry fighter at, no. at this moment in time. And I'm I'm sure he might be. And obviously, he's he's entitled to have a well well earned break with his with his family because everybody in the world is been going through difficulties right now and what have you. But if you really want to be back in the cage and live say well live up to the statement that you made that this will be your season, you'll fight at least two or three times. You got to get back in that gym and you got to be training. So I don't know. He's not going to fight, and it's smart. He yeah. shouldn't fight because the longer he waits, the more, the higher his chance of fighting for the title right away. Let Habib knock off these contenders, and then what? You're right back in the conversation. We got pe- these rankings don't mean anything. Jeremy Stevens has lost yeah. like four fights in a row and still ranked number nine in the world. How does that happen? How is Zabit ranked number two in the world? <laughs> Conor McGregor, yeah. if he just sits out, he's eventually going to fight for the title again. Frankie got oh, a shot man. fighting off of a loss. Aldo got a shot fighting off of a loss. You think they're not going to do it for Conor? Y'all are crazy. He, yeah. He's going to fight in 2021 for the title. Oh, man. And, but, well, part of me agrees with that. But at the same time, at the same time, for Habib to entertain that. And I'm, I, although, okay, if Habib gets, if Habib gets through it, they're going to, they're going to offer him the George St. Pierre fight. That, that's, that's true. Even if they offer him $100 million to fight Connor, he'll go for a legacy fight. And then only, after he beats GSP, which I think might happen, I know Hell I kind of no. said GSP would do it. I, I, anyway, anyway, and I'm I keep, every day I keep I keep flaking and changing my opinion. But <laughs> I, I think after that, it would take an ungodly amount of money to convince Khabib to do to uh, to take a Conor rematch. I I honestly think that he just. He walks away without fighting Conor again because that's the ultimate fuck you. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a, it's the yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a ultimate fuck you, and it's it's done in a classy way because obviously the build up and even even to this day, like some of the comments that uh, McGregor fires at Habib are just a questionable, questionable and abhorrent. A lot of them are abhorrent. I remember the the comment about the wife, and then obviously the 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 cover up. Uh, comment about COVID with Abdul Manap, and then yeah. said, look, look how that, look how that turned out. And mm. if Habib was just to walk away and just hang up his gloves and just say, no, thank you, I've already beaten you. I'm not going to fight you again. I don't need to fight for money. That's a classy way to to end the beef, if you know what I mean. Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't yeah. think it ends there, though. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like all this, oh, well, if he just walks away, it's done. No, Connor's gonna do something stupid. He might fight you in the streets. A, B. It's like okay, yes, yeah. you would need millions to get Habib to come back to the table. But guess what? That fight's gonna generate millions. That's the whole thing. That's this whole like, oh, I'll fight him for fifty million dollars. Well, guess what, Habib? This pay per view is gonna sell at least two million. And if you're selling it for sixty dollars a pop. That's at least two dollars. So there you go, buddy. No, I'm yeah. joking with the two dollars thing. But you guys know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no. But again, it's it's convincing Habib, like a a principled man, a man of honor, to to take that fight. To like, so I, 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 I don't know. I and he's not motivated by money. This man has a lot more money. He, he's bowling a lot more than people think. He really, he really is. He's very understated. It. He's humble with it. He's, he's very, very he's humble, humble with it. it. Like yeah, I remember. I remember. Um, I remember. I think the most flashy thing I've seen him wear it was at the the two two nine press conference. The the one in New York at Radio City that they had was empty. He just had like a little Montclair like jack jumper there, and those are a couple hundred pounds. And I saw him. I was like, okay, Habib, I see you flexing. I, I see you flexing. <laughs> and, and, and it's it's silent. But but this man, 
to put it into context, he still lives with his mother in Dagestan. This mm. man is a multi multi millionaire, and the amount of money that he makes when he goes to um, the the Emirates and he meets these sheikhs or what have you, he makes bank during that. But he's still humble, and he still lives he still lives at his family home. So that gives you an insight into the mentality and the mindset of them. And that's why I think that no matter how much the UFC offer him, they're just gonna he's just gonna say, "I'm sorry." I don't need this fight. I'm sorry. So, you know something. I, I sorry to like segue away from um, no the talk of Khabib, but just a couple of uh, sentences back, and just this all this talk of money. It's a bit saddening. I tell you why. When you look at the fighters this past weekend, who basically didn't even get their show money because of oh, boxed wanes, missed wanes, and um, people missing weight, and you know people not actually fighting. When you look at the fact that. Eric Spicely was cut, and albeit, okay, he's, uh, what, four wins out of his last six, but yet Dana's talking about they're on track to have a great year, a good year, and they're doing all nicely, thank you very much. And nobody knows anything about his business other than he does, uh, or more than he does. It just makes me think, well, you're not looking after the people who actually made your business, who are making you this money, because I can guarantee you, Eric Spicely, going away from that event, what's ringing in his ear is how well the UFC are doing, but yet he's out of a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Can you can you imagine that? Can you imagine just and even the fighters who uh, whose fight whose fights were cancelled, like in, in particular Ed Herman. I think I heard that Ed Herman got paid ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars, or he was offered he was offered ten thousand dollars. Yeah, it's, whether it's, it's, he, it's yes. um, had that upped. I have no idea, but that as a starting gambit is pathetic. He, I, I mean, I saw some people online trying to defend it. Then they were like, "Oh well, if he's getting rebooked, like in a couple of weeks or in like a month or so, it's 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 an okay, it, it's it's an okay, um, it's an okay payment." But it's not, man. Like he did his job. He did. He did everything. He did everything required. Like thank you. I think as soon as you as soon as you successfully make weight and you're yep. on that scale that mm. you should receive your show money you should have your show money wired to you then and there or afterwards with the meeting yes. up yeah you sh- you should do you shouldn't have uh, you shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to wait for your opponent to make weight like it's the fact that we're we're in 2020 and this is still happening mm. and going back to the the summer money that people tried to say was a decent amount for for a man who prepared well okay let's say most training camps are Okay, eight to twelve weeks. Twelve weeks being on the long side. Let's say he prepared for ten weeks for this fight, and then he's got a nutritionist, he's got personal trainer, he's got his coaches, and then he's got his other cornermen to pay for taxes, and then taxes as well, man. Like, I mean, come on, it's ten thousand dollars is nothing. Yeah, That's it's a right. lot of money. Yes, yeah, a lot of money to to us, man, on the broadcast or whatever, and and lady, obviously, G is part of the crew as well. But mm. that to a UFC fighter, to a person who fights probably who goes to work only two or three times a year yeah it's nothing and let's not forget ed herman has been in the game for a long time like i know he continues to defy father time or what have you but he's in the twilight of his career every paycheck now matters he could be using x amount of the paycheck to to invest in something that's going to keep him going for the rest of his life and now he's he's only got x like he's got a fraction of it I've got it's... the on good authority. It is a real slap in the face. A good buddy of mine, <clears throat> excuse me, used to be in the UFC. 
Carlos Vermola. He told mm-hmm. me out of his first pay packet, and um, I think he got nine grand he got. Jeez. He said after tax, after the corners, after the coaches, after the medicals, after paying basically um, all of that, no word of a lie, this, mm. these are his words, he had 250 oh my British pounds. What? 250 pounds left. Oh my I'm God. I'm not surprised. He said it was un- unreal, it was unbelievable, it's not what people think. So, fact is, same deal here, there's not going to be an awful lot left, but I just yeah. think that that was a real slap in the face, knowing how much all of this costs. God, man! Like, and somebody tweeted about this. I, I I don't know who it was. I think it might have been, it might have been, uh, was it Chad Dundas or Ben Folks? What one, one, one of those two? I think one of them tweeted. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they said that Herman's guaranteed purse was going to be around fifty or sixty thousand dollars. Mm. And can you imagine just getting a fifth or a sixth of that? Yeah. Like, oh my God, for doing everything. Every like everything that is required of you, you've signed the contract, and uh, I, I mean, you've stepped up to the batter's play, the the batter's pitch, and you've you've knocked out of the park in that turn. In, in to try use baseball terminology, I know I'm fucking up, just like the MLB is fucking up coming back from coronavirus. Boom! I segued into that anyway, but <laughs> <laughs> I segued perfectly to that. But it can can you imagine just getting that call, just saying, okay, we're offering you ten thousand dollars. No wonder, no. no wonder, like, if apparently Dana White tried to call Ed Herman to, uh, to, to get him to fight, but apparently he was off out of the bubble drinking mojitos or somewhere or something. <laughs> I, I heard that. Like, I'd carry on drinking. I'd be like, well, $10,000, $10, what's the point? Like, that's his God. bubble for the night. That's, that's his, I mean, can you, well, I, I saw some people were, were saying on Twitter, like, how much does Dana White bet a hand in blackjack or bet a hand in his virtual gambling, man? Come on. <laughs> Like in comparison, like, oh man, it's it it sucks. Like you just you just these athletes, especially during as as I said beforehand, during a, a time of where, in the, well, across the globe, millions and millions of people don't know where their next paycheck is coming from or where their next big payday is coming from. To to have the means to provide for these fighters, to especially Ed Herman, who is a 20 plus fight veteran in the UFC somebody who's turned up year after year and put on show after show to not give them financial well to not give them their dues after what they've after after they've uh, fulfilled their contractual obligations it, it man I'm just losing I'm lost for words it, it, it that that I'm just lost for words from it just before we go uh, I'm I I know you know, usually we have one topic each, but I'm being really, really greedy here. This coming weekend, <laughs> we're going to be spoilt for choice in terms of action. On Friday, you've got Bellator 243, Chandler versus oh, yeah. Henderson 2. Um, oh, shout out to Mads Burnell si- signing with Bellator. Uh, Denmark's, uh, well, um, he's from Denmark, isn't he? Yeah, uh, Mads Burnell. It was crazy the UFC cut him, man. Like it was crazy that they cut him. He's a very good fighter. I think I last saw him. I think I don't know if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was he not last in action at Cage Warriors last year? You know, uh, was it Cage Warriors Night of Champions? Do you I remember they had the three I, fight I, tights? I thought that he was the Cage Warriors champion. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, because yeah. I think he, he, yeah, yeah, so he yeah, won. Yeah, he won. you'd be right. You'd be I right. I think he was. I think he was. I think that's his last fight. Uh, mm. No, which is uh, it's it's just good to see that no, you know yeah. Bellator are still scooping up top Euro talent, but as well as Bellator two four three on Friday, obviously Mads isn't making his debut there. I was just mentioning right. it because he just he'd uh, re- announced that he'd signed for them. Um, we've got Brave CF thirty eight on Saturday. Now, reason for mentioning that is because we've got some Brits on the card: Mario Said mm-hmm. and Carl Booth. But as well as that, speaking of Brits, we've got. The UFC on Saturday as well, Lewis versus Olenek. Now, Brit in action, Brit on deck, our Brit aboard, broad is Darren Stewart. But I just wanted to ask, of those three, or unless I'd missed any action, which is also taking place this coming weekend, but of the fights which are coming up this weekend, any float your boat, any you want to talk about, any that kind of like pique your interest? Oh man, it's got to be Chandler Henderson too. Yeah, It's got to be. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be. Like, come on, Mike. Why are you even asking that? Question? Why are you even asking that question? <laughs> it's a sick card. When you look at comparatively, um, Lewis uh, versus only like, the card, and you match it up <laughs> against Chandler versus Henderson, man, you, you, you want to give UFC a night off? In all honesty, if it weren't for Darren Stewart, yeah, yeah, no, that 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 that's true. Like, well, another fight that I'm looking forward to is uh, Sabah Hamasi against Curtis Melender. Curtis ah, Melander, yeah. Curtis Melander is another person that the UFC shouldn't have cut as well. Mm. That that uh, that cut uh, really perplexed me, and I think is uh, is uh, the Pico Killer Adam Borix is fighting on that card as well. Correct? Yes. Um, He's fighting yes, Mike yes, Hamill. Yes. Yeah, man. Like the I, I call him the Pico Killer. That's that's a shame. I should I shouldn't be saying shit like that. But yeah, that's that's a. That's a pretty decent card, actually. Of the and Matt Mitrione's fighting as well. That's right. As yeah. is Valerie Laredo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I ain't gonna say what you said about her in the message that we. <laughs> I ain't gonna say. <laughs> but, but yeah, the well, surely. Okay, is she? Is she the like? Well, she'll be on the. She'll surely be on the main card. Surely she'll be in the main card. You can't have uh, a fighter who has that type of presence online fighting in the in the prelims. No, she's the prelims. She is on the, she is on the prelims. She's on prelims? Yep. Yeah. Tara Graf versus Valerie Laredo on the prelims. What You've is... got to keep remembering that, you know, Valerie Laredo <laughs> yeah. is only 2-0. Oh. Yeah, I, I know, bro. But, I mean, like, if you're going to get behind her, like, come on. Like, Bellator have nothing to lose by putting her in that spot. I mean, some of the some fights that we've seen on the main card of Bellator London's in the past, they've been on the if, if on Bellator London's cards in the past. Sorry, they uh, they've not been the greatest. So, I mean, you you could put Valerie up on there. They better not. I mean, not one point nine no. What you say? I didn't hear what you said. What you say, Cars? Oh, you're, I thought you were asking Mike. I said my boy no, and I know no. will better go on the main card before she does. Not my, well, but anyway, who would I? Who would we swap out for her? I'm not exactly. sure, bro. I wouldn't. I wouldn't I mean, swap. Exactly. Uh, same here. I mean, just Sabah make Masi, a five fight. Curtis Melinder <laughs> or Georgie Carey Canyon and uh, Miles Jury or Matt Mitrione and Timothy Johnson or Michael Chandler and Ben Henderson. Yeah, bro. I, mean, I don't on. know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's getting thrown out of the boat? Come on. <laughs> Timothy Johnson, well, man, I can't remember the last time I saw him fight. When did he last fight? Yeah, but I mean, that, he's, he's facing Matt Mitrione. 
<laughs> no, I get it. I get. I get it. No, he fought in February. Fuck, he only fought in February. Yeah. Okay. I've. I've I feel bad. All right. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> my, my bad, bro. <laughs> That's disrespectful. <laughs> That's disrespectful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. But yeah. So who's uh, who are you picking for the for the main event? Like are we talking Lewis Olenek or are we talking still? Chandler oh, we can do. Henderson. We can do both. We we'll do. We'll do Chandler <laughs> Henderson first. I'm picking Chandler. Yeah. You know, Michael Chandler is my favorite lightweight of all time. So I obviously am going. And I think Benson just starts way too late. Like, I don't know what I don't know if it's now or if he's just like changing his style. But every single time he gets down on the cards and then wants to make a statement at at uh, minute 450 in round five. It's like, all right, great. Where was that? <laughs> yeah. The other 52 minutes of the fight. Like, I'm no, no, I like Benson, but I just don't have him in this one. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. I like, and, and obviously the uh, the first fight was a split decision loss, but I, yeah, I'm going for for Michael in this, and I'm I'm just well. Don't get me wrong, Bellator uh, Bellator is a fantastic promotion, a re- really really fantastic promotion. But when Michael Chandler was a free agent, he was a free agent not too long ago. I'm pretty sure. I think after his fight to uh, Patricio Ferrer, he mm-hmm. became a free agent. And yeah, I was just. Praying that the UFC just offered him an opportunity because I think uh, I'm, I'm going to put this out there. Michael Chandler is definitely in. Well, okay, he's definitely in the top eight lightweights in the world, a hundred percent. Yes, I, I I I rate him that highly. And people that are listening to this, you're like, oh, well, he fights in Bellator. Screw you. Watch Michael Chandler. Watch mm-hmm. Michael Chandler's fights with Eddie Alvarez. And yeah, just I know they were a while back, but just. Yeah, he's definitely the elite of the elite light lightweights, but people don't give him his give him the respect he deserves. And going back to the uh, the point that I've digressed, that I really wanted the UFC to sign him, but Scott Coker has obviously come up with that paper and he's uh, he's re-upped. So yeah, as long as that he's happy, money always talks. Yeah, that violent money always talks. As long as he's happy getting bank, I think obviously he'll get a, another title shot soon again so i I think i I think that yeah i think he probably beats patricio this uh third time round so no sorry second time round because obviously he fought patricky first uh first time yeah yeah i i get i get those cats confused (laughs) obviously because they look (laughs) the same way but yeah segwaying over then to ufc lewis versus Olenek. um just before we get to the main main uh event i just wanted to say big up and shout out to Darren Stewart, our man, our Brit abroad. I really want to see him um, wreck shop because, yeah. you know, it was slightly disappointing, you know, last time out against Bartos Fabinski. Um, that looked like a very flat performance, not what we've come to know and love from from Darren. And um, it'd be good to see the dentist, uh, you know, back in the, uh, in, in, in the wind column as well. But my pick for Lewis versus Olenek, I'm going with Lewis. The Black Beast. Yeah. It's a 50-50 fight, in my opinion, man. Because if Derek can keep it standing, I think he takes Olenek out. But if Olenek can get it to the floor, fucking the Black Beast could be toast. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's, what it's, that's what's intriguing about this fight. But I, I, I don't know. I think, I think I'm going to uh, go for Derek. But going back to Darren Stewart, yeah, obviously he... Um, well, he... T- oh, I don't think he should have taken the fight against Bartosz Szczynski. Did I say his name right? Bartosz? Szczynski, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I, I said I said it right. I say it, should say it with my chest. I don't think he should have <laughs> taken... 
I don't think he should have taken the fight, especially given the circumstances and what have you, all the added pressure about will the fight happen or it was... The, the circumstances were, were far from ideal. They were far from ideal. But he's facing a guy like Mikey Patola. Did you watch his fight against Charles Bird? You see how good he looked in his last fight? He did look good. He looked good, man. He looked good. And so this is a dangerous test for the dentist. We we all know Darren. Darren doesn't shy away from a challenge. So yeah. it's going to be a good fight. It's it's going to be a good fight. Like uh, I'm crossing my fingers and hope, hope that Darren gets the win. But... It's not going to be easy. Hmm. No, but you know something? I, I want to disagree with you slightly in that um, I can understand why he took the Bartos Fabinski fight. When you look at it, Graham Boylan, who owns uh, Cage Warriors, um, mm-hmm. manages Darren. So to offer him a potential lifeline, because at that time when it was offered, that fight that was offered to um, Darren, nobody on that fight card knew whether they were going to get paid or not. And Darren has yeah. children. Darren has a family. So I think, Ooh. you know, um, Graham Boylan did did him a solid by offering him the means by which to get paid. Now, as it transpires, I think that to have held out might have been the, the, the better option because mm-hmm. people, you know, obviously got more than um, uh, I, I, I can imagine that would have been paid to Darren for the Cage Warriors bout. But obviously I've got no, no sources on that. But... From um, what I've heard, you know, the people who got paid got paid uh, quite nicely. Now, Unless you were Leon. Well, yeah, unless you're a main <laughs> yeah, card. Unless there, you're there, Leon, there is, right, there is yeah. a difference here. But, <laughs> yeah. but no, I, I think just to, you know, just to say, I think taking that fight was a good idea at the time because he didn't know whether he was going to get a payback for that fight. Yeah, when, when, you, when you put it into... Like, well, when you put it into that perspective, yeah, I, I completely understand. And mm. look, I, I I don't have any kids that I know of. That, 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 <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know the. Um, uh, I, I we're, don't we're know. We're going to call this podcast "Confessions." My my, my <laughs> guy is just writing himself out. Takashi <laughs> six nine in the building. Yeah, yeah. Sanger six nine. I don't know if uh, I don't know that feeling of. Of, of of the fear of not being able to provide for your for your children and every man like when they have kids they both they go through that feeling so i yeah. can completely i can completely understand why why he took the fight but i mean if he just held out another couple months or mm. or, or if he just held out one he would have got the uh the the higher pay packet from uh well from judging UFC. from what you were saying from the yeah. ufc and he potentially would have fought in Fight Island. I mean, they could have kept the Marvin Vittori fight. And that would have been a really big fight. Ooh. Yeah. That, I mean, that was, that was a sleeper fight on that card. That A lot of people don't realize that whoever won that fight would be catapulted well and truly into middleweight contention. I agree. True. True. Yeah. Yeah, because oh, let's, not, let's not forget. I know it was a split decision, uh, but... I think Darren, he dealt with Darren Wynn in his last fight, well and truly. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's no business fight in that weight class. He really does not. He needs to figure it out. <laughs> which which try to say, figure it out? Darren Wynn needs to figure it out. Like, you can't fight in that <laughs> weight class at that high. I'm sorry, you're not DC. You might train with yeah. him. He might be your... You, but you, that's not you. You don't have his tools and his skill set. You got you to gotta mm. drop down, man. I'm sorry. Drop down to 170. 
He ha- I'm bro. Is he gonna beat the eighty fivers? I'm so no. <laughs> He's not beating <laughs> these guys. He needs to get down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He well, how 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 tall? I think he's like five five or five six. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are a flyweight yeah. height fighting at middle. What? Like, what? <laughs> and let's not forget the man fought at two hundred five as well. Yo, man I, fought at two hundred five. You got it. And DC can make at five foot four. Yes. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, bro, how? <laughs> Like it, it, it worked for him. Like, like it worked oh, for him. Like, I'm pretty, pretty, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I kind of, I don't want to put him in the category of uh, Roy Big Country Nelson because, like, we all know if Roy like could go on a serious like diet and strength and conditioning program, Roy Nelson, if he really wanted to, Roy Nelson could have made one eighty five, easy. I think Roy so. Ne- like that, that, that. Um, I don't want to call it gut because that's a bit disrespectful. That, wow. that, that I, I said I don't want to call it, so I'm not calling it that. <laughs> gut. That, that, <laughs> that protruding stomach of his probably carried about maybe 30 pounds at least. So, <laughs> okay, maybe maybe not 30 pounds, maybe like 20 or something. It was but a lot, bro. It was a lot. Like, that's what wow. did you get? You know, carry on, carry on. Carry I was on. gonna say, DC had to cut to heavyweight. My man, like, barely made it underneath the whole weight limit on multiple occasions at heavyweight. So if he can make two hundred five consistently, <laughs> yeah. bro, you can get down there. You can do it. There, bro. There are women who fight in the bantamweight division who probably walk around about one hundred sixty-five pounds. They're fighting to get down to one thirty-five, but they're still making it consistently, yeah. bro. You can do it. You can do it. You took. You talk about DC cutting down to uh, to make heavyweight. I remember seeing him at the weigh-in for the for the Derek Lewis fight, and I've never seen a man so happy that he doesn't have to cut serious amount of weight. I've never seen a man so happy. Like you, you could tell that maybe he'd had some ribs the night before or whatever, what have you. He was just yeah. he was eating good. He was eating good. I wish that that's how I want to be when when I get to to dad age. You know, just on the beach, just content with myself. Mike, do you remember the uh, the old Southern Comfort advert with the old guy in the uh, on the beach? No. Oh man, like oh, if he, he's an older guy, he's he's got budgie smugglers on, and he's got a bit of a gut, and he's just walking around with his glass of Southern Comfort, and it's I'll send it to you, man. But that's how I want to be <laughs> when when I get to that age. Zero fucks given. Well, thanks for leaving that with that image just as we uh, say goodbye. Thanks for that. And on that note, that about wraps up this episode of The Wocast. You can uh, continue any of the conversations which we started via Twitter. My Twitter handle is MikeWoTV. How about you guys? Guys, you can find me on Twitter on the gram, not TikTok, because I don't want to be infiltrated by the Chinese. But you can find wow. me at, at Chisanga underscore Malata. You guys can find me at Cairo Sume on Twitter. I love y'all. Thank you so much. Until next time, make some trouble.